sniff, cough. <coughs> hey, Tad, a uh, question for you. Uh, I'm all ears. What's up? What is your favorite cocktail? <coughs> uh, wow. Well, you know, since this is a PG-13 show, I'm going to keep off the alcoholic conversations, but it sounds like you may have something that you're looking to mix. I do. I, my favorite cocktail at the moment is a uh, little Dayquil on the rocks. Mm, twist yeah, of lime? You get a, yeah, a little twist. Of, actually, I prefer lemon with the Dayquil. Lemon's probably a better choice. Lemon's a little sweeter. If you put lime in there, it's too acidic, which is our clunky opening to episode three of the second season of Her Ice. Welcome aboard. You can probably hear it already that uh, one member of the YHH staff and probably all four of us at some point will be battling for the next six months a variation of colds but todd sounds great so todd i'm gonna let your chocolate baritone your rich chocolatey baritone take over and tell us about our sponsor thank you very much peter for that warm inviting chocolate opening uh like peter did say this is a season uh, episode number three uh of our second season of her ice which is a podcast which we discuss uh topics focusing on minnesota girls High school hockey, we chat about players, games, hot topics, anything related to the coolest game on the earth. Uh, today we are broadcasting live from Studio 1A at the YHH Home Office in Bloomington, where it's sunny and 43 degrees, and Her Ice is brought to you by uh, another place that's extremely warm. Uh, it's a sponsor of ours, which has been on fire lately. It's Sniper's Edge. Sniper's Edge is, has uh, materials and products which are designed for tough impact for um, – for all those shooters in your family, their tarps are absorbing regulation-sized pucks and slap shots of any magnitude. Uh, they can be rolled up, stored. One person can do it all by themselves, whether you're indoors or outdoors, garage, basement, drywall friendly. doesn't make a difference. The harder, the stronger, the more durable the tarp is for your shooter and your family. So get your kids off their electronics and pick up their sticks. So Put they down can your phone, Johnny. Shooter's tarp. It's fun. <laughs> if you're looking for more information on this great product, Check out snipersedgehockey.com. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some snipers, uh, some teams that have made some movements within uh, Peter and YHH's top ten. And uh, let's start with the double A's because I think it's always most inviting. I know a lot of the single A's, Sam Quinn, got a lot enough games to get your focus on them. So let's talk about the double A top ten and how they did last week. We have a couple of new teams in yes. the double A top ten. Eden Brand Prairie new. shoots all the way up to number five. They were they were in the mix for the top ten in the preseason, but they beat Brainerd Little Falls and they beat Hill Murray. That win over Brainerd Little Falls becoming even more impressive considering that the Warriors knocked off preseason number three Blake. So good on the Eagles. And Maple Grove is also new to the top ten. They are 2-0-1 so far. Uh, no, they're 3-0-1. I'm looking at the staff rankings. They won last night in overtime. Close enough. Uh, they tied Eden Prairie, who's ranked number five, and they beat Elk River, always a strong contender. And they beat North Wright County, who's ranked number nine this week. Lauren Stensley and Stella Retrum, or Retrum, I don't know how to pronounce that one, uh, leading the team in scoring. I go Retrum, would be my guess. Retrum. Like retro. <laughs> All right. On the other side of it, uh, we've got the single A's. Now, I know one of the questions came up as soon as I saw them as they come out uh, fresh on uh, the oven on Monday. Monday morning. As I was going through them, I see Warrell's number back in number one at, with of the correct loss. So not a really surprise They're going to jockey back and forth, I feel. Yeah. Uh, Roger Schuller jumped up from number five. And I was like, number five, that's not not a lot of big jump, but that's good. Uh, Mount West Tonka jumped into the number four spot. They weren't in the rankings before. And then they got the uh, Proctor Hermitown, which fell to number three. Not couple spots are falling. And then I'm like, number six, 
There is no number, number six. six. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, where's it? Where's number six? Where's number seven? And Peter says, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're trying to rank girls hockey, I think I said this in the preseason too. If you're trying to rank them, even after last night, ranking them past number two seems like a futile exercise. But if you're trying to do it past number five, you are just asking for trouble. There are so many teams that are kind of log jammed right now. Teams that are undefeated but may not have played the strongest schedule. Teams right. with a lot of losses but have played a really strong schedule. That's why Proctor Hermantown is still in the top five despite being one and three at the time of publishing. Uh, taking Breck to overtime, that helps. I'll consider that strength of schedule. Strength of schedule. If you're going to play the toughest schedule, then you should be rewarded for uh, for close games. Mm-hmm. And then a great example of that is as you look at your Golden Gopher football team, which is a different sport. <laughs> but they did not fall. They only fell a few points in the overall. They're number standings ten now, aren't they? In the uh, collegiate football championship thing, they followed number eleven uh, overall, like the AP. But still, you only fall like three or four points because you lost to a top twenty team. I mean, it's still going to end up being the Big Ten champ, number one and number two from the SEC, and the ACC champion. Yes, but it would be nice to see if we do get a Big Ten team, even though I'm not a big Ohio State fan. But we do have had a handful of girls from Minnesota which are playing at Ohio State, so we probably should give them a little bit of love. Honorary Uh, Ohio State fans. A little bit. No, I won't talk about them once from (laughs) Urban Meyer stinks. So uh, next one, we talk about some of those games that he mentioned before that actually jockeyed some of our double-A teams, uh, either going up or going down. Uh, let's focus on. We got four of them that we kind of t- we we want to mention today. There were six of them that we actually talked about last week. So either a we can rip through the games and say, hey, these are who me and Peter picked, or we can go each one and then kind of see how we did. Let's do that, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Let's start with the first one that kind of uh, was, and I'll go chronologically because it kind of made sense. Uh, on Friday night, we had the battle between Andover and Benilde St. Margaret that went in the favor of the Huskies. Uh, one, two big reasons why. Um, that went in the favor of the Huskies, uh, not just being the dominant team in that one, but uh, or doubling the score was that Miss uh, Peyton Hemp had three goals by herself, three goals and assists, which powered them, and as well as uh, Jamie Nelson, who had uh, a goal and two assists. So Andover staying strong, even though Benilde and St. Margaret is, as we said next last week, they're not up and coming, they're just they're coming. That's a better yeah, way I to think they it. might they might be here. They're 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 coming. They're strong not up and coming, start. but they're they're coming. Uh, so, but Andover able to beat up. Uh, and double them now. So that was definitely a, a good one there. And I believe in our picks here, if I look at my pick sheet here, I believe we both took Andover, so not a big surprise there. No. Uh, second They're game 4-0. Oh. They've got 13 players that have at least one point. You find me another team in the state that's got 13 players that have been on the score sheet this year. That's a strong, strong lines. Two or three lines, that's that's good when you can have that many players, that many scores in one in one team. Good for them. Uh, so the second team game we're going to talk about real quick is he mentioned it briefly, Peter did, uh, was on Saturday night. Breck with a big 6-5 win over Proctor Hermantown in overtime. A couple players to bring on that one, and that was, you know, that was a good game from the start. Proctor actually jumped on the board first. They actually were leading 2-1 after the first, and then uh, Breck kind of outscored them. Rest was, it, was, it literally was back and forth. It was Proctor-Breck, 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 but at the end it was Breck. Got the last goal, which is the most important one, that's scored by Olivia Mobley, uh, who turned out to be one of the players of the game in that one. Uh, in addition to her overtime winner uh, in that one, uh, Mobley, also in my, my brain, she got two goals and two assists in that one. Uh, Allie Qualley had two goals for Breck. Uh, Proctor Hermantown, they didn't really have a 
dominant scorer for their team. It's really spread out, like he was saying before. Even in an Andover version, Proctor Hermantown has their their wealth is, is really spread out. Even though Macy Seeger did have a goal and two assists in that game, uh, uh, her sister Nia had two goals, and so um, definitely. Uh, they're up and coming, and they're right there. And uh, obviously, with Peter not moving them very far into the five spot <laughs> after a, a, a big loss, to they're still going to be there at the end of the year. Breck is one of those teams that they're going to have to face at some point if they want to attain their ultimate goal, which is a state championship. Being able to score five goals on that team, I think that bodes well for the Mirage. You mentioned Olivia Mobley; she is currently tied for the state lead. In scoring, with 11 goals and 16 total points, with Warroad's Hannah Corneliuson, who also has 16 points. Very good. Moving on up, doing big things right away. Uh, another game we want to talk about uh, is a game. Oh, let's talk about the Breck, and I think we both, if I remember it, yep. Uh, actually, both I took, took, Her- I took uh, Proctor Hermantown in the upset. You contrarian. You. I get a point five for because they. We're tied after regulation. They beat the spread. If I can see. Yeah, they beat the spread. <laughs> spread was probably two or three goals. Uh, third game we'll chat about is going to be the the Brainerd Little Falls upset over Blake on Saturday night. Uh, that was the Gabby Smith show. Uh, Gabby had a hat trick, and also she chipped in an assist in the Lady Warrior victory over Blake. Uh, again, there's two big teams going against each other. It's really good competition for both Um Good for obviously the later Warriors to kind of in a in a big game and come up big in that one. Um, I don't want to say Blake laid an egg in that one, but obviously uh, you Rainer, can say laid an egg. Five goals on twenty two shots is egg worthy. I don't want to say laid an egg when you're playing against a top ten team. You're not really laying an egg, but um, you know, Brandon jumped out to a quick start and, and they never looked back. So three goals on five shots in the third period. If the girls' hockey hub is to be believed. So, and and I did find that it did have an error. That's not going to be a, a cage fogger by any means, but no. it does frustrate me when the hub. But at the same time, I will work with a gentleman uh, doing some uh, girls' games, and when you're right there and you're feeding information into the hub, I can see where sometimes information can get miscured. Again, it's, you know, whatever you see in the ice doesn't always get to the computer. If the computer doesn't work, things go wrong. But anyway, moving forward, uh, kudos to the Warriors on their big win. And then on another big game last night, I think it was – of all the games that were going on last night, it was about 20, I think it was about 28 games last night. No, it was more than that, maybe like 40. But anyway, the biggest game that I felt was going to be that Wyzetta, uh win over Benilde in uh, overtime. Thrilling game in that one. Reason why that's a big deal, not because that was at St. Louis Park, so they had one at the rec center. Big win for the Lady Trojans, but also it was uh, Gretchen Branton, who had a huge game. She had uh, four goals, including the overtime winner, to beat the Lady Red Knights. Now, the big piece in that one, too, is it was that it was actually leading going into that third period. Uh, if I do my math right, because uh, Benilde scored three goals in that one. So they were up actually 4-1 to one going into the third period. Benilde scored three goals to tie it up, go to overtime. But then, you know, that's how overtime goes, you know, no matter what sport you are. Is it the team that's hot that tied it up, or is it the team that says, okay, we're going to fight adversity, we're going to pull together, and sure enough, Wyzetta did it with uh, Branson's game winner. So kudos to her and the Lady Trojans for their big victory last night. So Kind of scary giving up a 4-1 to one lead. But these close games against a section rival, it's exactly what you want to see out of a still relatively young team in Wyzetta. Very true. All right. Well, that leads me to my next one, uh, our, our players of the week. Uh, we have actually mentioned two players already on that week, so we're going <laughs> to knock them all the ballpark. And this week, we're going to give a little love to goalies. Now, again, the beauty that I like to do with our players of the week, they're players you know, and then I want to make sure try to get some players that you have never heard of or put them on your radar. They could be a pencil, but 
let's get them on the radar so you recognize some gals are doing some good things and having some great games outside of the usual cut and paste would you say 20 30 gals at <laughs> every single night you're going to have a great game so let's let's cut right to the chase right away obviously Gabby Smith with her big game uh, she gets a little kudos for her big uh, game against Blake we said of that before with the hat trick and the assist mm-hmm. another gal uh, and t- uh, Peter actually uh, touched on it briefly with Olivia Mobley. It really had her down. He was throwing information. But the thing that captured my eyes right away was not just the fact that I went to that uh, she's she's tied for the lead in goals right now in the state with 11 and tied for points with 16, but it's how she's got there. So the last three games, which has been three wins, four Breck, she has seven goals, three assists. So she's averaging averaging at least three points a game. Jeez, so, that's, that's nice. That's <laughs> super nice. And she is a catalyst for that team. They're full of a lot of good players, but Olivia Mobley's name pops up on that score sheet. Not just not once, not twice, but like and they said, this average three-plus times a game. So on a good team, she is definitely this, one of the straws that stirs that drink. And I think I used that last week again, so it's the last of my analogy. <laughs> it's okay. It's been used about 50 jillion times I since so. uh, since Mr. October, the Reggie Jackson. Yes, he's the, the original. Yes. All right, so – let me talk about some other gals that you have not heard of before. And this one kind of struck me quickly as I was peeking at teams and kind of seeing some players I want to talk about. And outside of those 30 gals, roughly, uh, I want to talk about two gals for Simley who are actually off to a really quick start. Uh, so Simley currently right now is 3-0 and on the season. Guess how many goals they've given up, Peter, on the three games. It wouldn't be fair for me to guess because I looked it up before we started. Oh, but uh, I'll, well, we let you, I'll let you surprise our audience first. One. <gasps> three goal, three games, and they're, it's, they have a two-headed monster at Simley right now. Mind <laughs> you, it's early in the season. They have a tandem, two seniors. So they have Haley Reese. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She has one win, zero losses. She has faced 13 in her one game, 13, and she shut them out. The other goalie, which is Ava Patnode, she's got the other two games. She's given up just the one goal with, obviously, a G, a goals allowed average of .50. So, Great early season. They beat uh, Holy Angels, they beat Woodbury, and they beat Minnehaha, Minnehaha United. So, quick start for, I believe they're the Warriors, Simley Warriors. So, uh, so kudos to them. Oh, they're Spartans. I'm sorry. They are the Spartans. Yes. And I write that down as a guess on my head. I could have looked at the big board right behind me that has all the nicknames in, <laughs> oh, which is does, another piece. It? Yeah, it does. And the oh, conference. Now I want to find out if I'm right. Yeah, Stanley Simley Spartans. They are the Spartans. And they got a cool logo. They got a strip, you know, middle strip, and they're on their jerseys. So. Hey, you um, played the guessing game with me just now, asking how many goals I thought they'd given up. Now I'm going to ask you, how many total shots have the goalies faced in three games? They have faced 25. For 25. Yep. Two against many, United. <laughs> right. So, uh, one more goalie gal that we want to mention, too, and this one got my attention real quick, is who is the top goalie in wins in the state? If I had to guess... Yes. I'd say Uma Cornea. You are not correct. Gosh darn. It is Faribault's senior, Michaela Bonner. I'm going with on the pronunciation. So here's the numbers I'm going to give you, Michaela. Now, mind you, some people are going to give 507 hockey. And when I say 507, that is the area code because some people feel that 507 hockey or anybody south of the metropolitan area. Put on your Homer hat, Ed. Does not play quality hockey. <laughs> but last year, we had some good Young team, especially Mankato East had a good team. Rochester Lures, not, let's not forget about them. So here's Michaela's numbers so far of the five games that 
Faribault has played. She has faced, she has made 75 saves, only given up five goals. So she's got a 1.00 goals allowed. Her save percentage is 938. That's .938. And she has one shutout. So nice, solid wins and goaltending by her. I mean, think of it. Even if you take those five wins, and yeah, once in a while you may have like a nine or eight save game. Seven. You know those really small numbers, like less than ten. I mean, really, you look at a, a game that you save only like nine or eight. Right. Yeah. yeah I you got go, you. oh gosh, she you. crushed them eight nothing. They, you know, it was like a one third, two thirds, or a one fourth, you know, three fourths possession. Yeah. But yeah, I was seventy five. So basically, still not bad. I mean, she's averaging fifteen shots a game. So fifteen is kind of the threshold. It is. So, so I'll she's fifteen. Uh, she's playing well. So hey, keep up the good work, Michaela. Want to make sure you get some love here on players of the week. Part of it. All right, our next segment we want to chat about quick is we've talked about some games, we've talked about some players. Let's talk about some teams that at the beginning season we probably didn't see them on our radar as, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to have a nice season, but they've actually jumped out to a real quick start. So you guys have heard me chat a long time. So let's give the mic <laughs> over to Peter uh, and let him chat about one of the first teams that he feels has had a nice quick start to the season. I was enjoying hearing you hearing you speak, Todd. I'm sure I'm you were. sitting here Googling names and notes it gave your uh, voice a break as well we didn't have to listen to your sniffling and my, coughing my my gravelly gravelly voice uh maple grove would be a team that i think has been off to a, a good start so far 3-0-1 for the crimson coming off a one nothing overtime win over centennial not a team that's off the radar completely but not a team that i put in the top 10 in the preseason they lost a lot to graduation but They've been fortunate. Uh, Breck transfer Stella Retrum. We already mentioned her. She leads the team in scoring. And they also lost a, I believe she was a goaltender of the year finalist last year, at least in the top 10, Lucy Morgan, yes. who was a rock Solid. for the Crimson for two years. So they have a new starting goalie, Brooke Casabo, Casabo, something like that. It's her first year as a starter. She's 3-0 and with a 1-4-4 goals against average, a 9-44 save percentage, and she shut out Centennial last night the crimson quick start quick start hey, another team that uh, uh that caught my attention was shakopee so in chatting with a few people and peter being one of them <laughs> it's a, it, a little bit of a shocker because really the south suburban conference is kind of wide open it's going to be a lot of tussle back and forth i mean there's some good squads in there right now if you look at the top you look at rosemont who's two and one you look at Lakeville South, who's 2-1. and one. You look at Apple Valley, who's 3-0. Oh, that's another one we probably should have mentioned. But Shockey <laughs> was the 3-0 start that got. They just recently just beat. Last night they beat uh, Burnsville 4-3. to three. So here's a couple of players that want to uh, keep mention to you of why they're, they're, uh, they're doing well. They're spreading the, the – they're not really scoring a lot right now. Uh, their leading scorers are Paige McNeil and Erica Gerard, who both only got three goals each for the season. But three games, hey, you get a goal a game. That's not so bad. Uh, but the leading points getter is Olivia Grabanowski, who has five points on the season. So numbers are not spectacular, but it's, you know, in that that South Suburban, that none of them are conference games yet. So right now they're just kind of starting off nice and easy. Uh, and then the goaltender has been really nice so far. So far, Brianna Eastman has got the two wins. Sydney Hearn is the other goalie. She's got the other win. And Sydney has not given up a goal, so she had a shutout. I mean, she only she gave up only one goal. So, uh, a nice start to the season for the Sabers of Shakopee. I will say about Shakopee on the subject of low scoring, I don't think that they've had a single player top forty total points in a season 
in a while. So they're <laughs> used to winning close games. They're okay with it. They, they're they a, a strong team. They're fairly deep. Not a ton of drop-off between, um, you know, lines two, three, four, what have you. So Shakopee's okay playing the close games. And they are. You know, and I, I retread my statement because I said it, all of them. Actually, all three wins they have have been all against South Suburban teams. So Lakeville South 2-1, Prior Lake 6-1, and Burnsville 4-3. So there's your close, close, and yeah, kind of not so close. Do you think that's kind of a hindrance, the fact that the South Suburban is so big that you almost have no choice but to play virtually all conference teams? I am. I don't mind playing all conference teams. I really don't. It's nice to get a couple. I mean, looking on the schedule quick here, they do play, say, Grand Rapids Greenway, which is a non-conference obviously for them. Uh, they do play Chaska Chan, who plays in the Metro West, so that's outside of there. But I don't mind playing everybody in your conference. I don't mind playing them twice because if, if it's a big conference, you know, it's nice to get a couple non-conferences in there where you play a holiday tournament. You'll see three faces you probably aren't going to see other season. But it kind of boils down to you're going to – but I think what it does also kind of builds up that nice rivalry, not a really mean rivalry, but a nice rivalry where Intense when rivalry. somebody comes in and you're like, hey, you know, it's – it's every game is going to mean something. Like, well, they're going to go play, you know, they're going to go down to – they're going to um, – I can't – I don't want to say a weaker team. Say if they go play somebody that's in St. Paul, they go up north and they, they beat up on a – say like a Moorhead or something like that. It's not – I mean, it's, it's a good trip for them and it's good bonding and it, and it works all that stuff. But I think it's fun to have just in – conference rivalries that kind of build up because they're like, oh, they got us at our house. We got to get them back because if we beat them, now we're going to move up in the conference. So I think kind of builds up that intensity for every single game. It means something. I think I th that's the key. I think fans of the old school appreciate that because so many programs now, if they're not happy with the strength of their conference, virtually a lot of people outside of the late conference and the Northwest Suburban most years, they cherry pick which non-conference games they want to play so that they can, they can get the toughest schedule possible. I understand it from a coaching perspective, but I do think that we lose some of those rivalry games where everybody's keyed up and ready to go just because you see these players so often that you get tired of them. Yep. And you look at the lake, too. You look at, say, for like Hopkins and St. Louis Park, who could not wait to get out of the lake conference because they're like, do we really have to play <laughs> these guys twice? So at least I think with the South Suburban, is, I don't think there's that one. There could be only one or maybe two teams mm -hmm. that really struggle with everybody. There's at least one or two teams, I think, within the conference that you're still going to have success, even though there might be that top, top, top tier. You could have like a top tier, middle tier, and a bottom tier. There, but there's enough teams in there where you can have more chances to get some victories as opposed to like, well, it's us and Edinaton and we have no chance. Right. And we're going to basically beat up the other, you know, the other stepchild in the family. So, and and that's something that the Lake Conference powers don't want to do either because they don't get anything out of no. winning a game by ten goals. No, because so. then it shrinks up the division. They only got five in there, even though now that you know STMA and and Buffalo have joined that Lake Conference, but you know when you only got five teams because nobody wants to play you. Then you're then you're forced to play non-conference, forced to pick up the bus schedule, and the transportation, which is challenging at that part of it. So, but anyway, good job, Shakopee. Keep up the good work. Three and zero. Next team, Peter. Next team. Uh, this one not really on the radar, but in a conversation that I had with a coach while I was putting together our preseason preview, uh, he told me to keep an eye on Anoka Spring Lake Park, and I immediately brushed it off because I thought the only player that I know on that roster is Maddie Mashuga. Well, used to. Funnily enough, Matty Mashuga obviously having a solid season so far with four goals and seven points, but it has been two other players who are leading the Anoka Spring Lake Park co-op. Lindsey Albers has seven goals and nine points, and Sydney 
Sim. I'm just going to call her Sydney Sim because I don't want to butcher her last name. Keeping a Sim. Uh, senior forward has three goals and seven assists. The I believe they're the Wildcats are three and three to start the years, and two of those losses have uh, have been by six goals, but they've rebounded nicely with uh, three wins. So Anoka Spring Lake Park. Could they make some noise in the Northwest Suburban? We'll find out in it's like possible. two months. Sugar, sugar. Uh, that'll be my new song every time we talk about my sugar. By Baby Bash? Uh, no, by the Archies. I don't know. Nope, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next team we're going to uh, pop in there quick. I think we kind of got uh, long-winded on. I'm okay with that. On long conferences. Is uh, the Hutchinson Tigers. Yes, the West Side are stepping up. I uh, actually had a conversation with somebody. Funny we talk about Hutchinson, but we talk about Lindsey Whaling, and they go, who's that? I go, did you just say that? They're like, yeah, I, I don't know who that is. I was like, wow. Are you serious? Yes, I am, I'm dead serious. But anyway, oh let's move on forward from that. The Hutch Tigers um, are off to a quick 3-0 and record on the season. Uh, one of the reasons that they are uh, playing so well is because they are – a driving force. So they've had uh, three really couple close games and then kind of a blowout against Marshall. So they've played at St. Cloud 5-4. They beat Marshall at home 8-2, and then they beat River Lakes 6-4. They've started off on a nice, uh, you know, one win at home. Uh, a couple reasons why they're doing so well is their leading score. Uh, they have two extra scores, which is Sabrina Tracy and Maddie Seifert. Both got five goals, so it's a nice start for them. Uh, their leading point getter is Tracy with seven and then also Alex uh, Hanke, I hope I say that right, who has seven points. So uh, kudos to them. I mean, Hanke right now, she's averaging 2.33 points a game. So uh, so obviously the, the scorers are working for them in that perspective. And then also you go to goaltender, they have one main goaltender. Her name is Hannah Ladwig. Uh, she has faced 81 shots, uh, has a, given up 10 goals, so a 3.33 goals allowed. But uh, she stayed in the pipes, and she, when she's got offense, especially with two uh, five-goal scorers on the team, that gives an opportunity for Hutchinson to do some big things in the right county conference. It's, it feels like Seifert and Hant G or Hant Gee, either or, have been on that team forever. It's possible. I think it. I, I think it has to be one of those schools where they they bring in they kids, bring in them in young eighth grade because they, they the don't numbers. have a U15 squad. So you're kind of like a you know. Literally a fifth-year senior. <laughs> I played a Hant G or a Hant G in high school. Very Maybe close to Sam as well. As soon as I saw the name, I thought of it's, it's, oh, Henches. Of Michael. Sam Henches went to uh, St. Cloud. Oh, anyway. If Michael Hant G's out there, I still remember that someplace. game. Something like that. Uh, all right. Uh, next topic I want to bring up is it's another team. It's not really a quick start. But I want to give a little love, uh, a little mitt bump, if you would, to a, a smaller organization called Hopkins Park. Hopkins is a combination of Hopkins and St. Louis Park. Uh, they are located, uh, obviously, in the you know mid-west uh, suburbs, uh, and they're also in the Metro West. So my uh, hometown team gets to play them twice a year. <laughs> but the one thing I want to bring about, I want to give some love to them, is because sometimes when you've got two organizations that, that come together, Either it's going to be a good mix, like for example, on the youth side, you got the Osso Maple Grove mix, which has been outstanding with that with that co-op. But this co-op, I think, is cool not just because of the record piece, because I think they're both two really organizations that work together. But the logo and the jerseys are fresh. I'm so pulling it up right now. So first of all, I love orange and blue. You put orange and blue together, 
I'm all over. I should have gone to Washburn. You should have gone to Washburn. I should have gone to Washburn, but I didn't. So anyway, I love their jerseys. Those are pretty sweet. I love the fact that they do play at the rec center, and they also play at the Rock. So they played last week, and they played on the Rock. Uh, they have had some nice – right now their season is two and three so far. They've won their last two games by shutouts. But their logo was really – I love the logo because it, it, they go by the Royals, which is actually Hopkins' nickname. Hopkins High School is known as the, as the Royals. SLP is known as the Orioles. Uh, so they have a picture of a lion on there as their logo. But then also another logo they have is a really cool crown with HP on it. And then the in the crown is pictures uh, was colored with the blue and some orange. So it's just a cool combo huh. of two organizations that said, you know what, we can't compete by ourselves. We're going to combo it and make a really cool connection, a good co-op. And I think it's worked out really, really well for them. Another one that comes to mind as I think of this one is – uh, Burnsville Apple Valley. I was showing a, a dad at the at the at the youth level, not the at the youth level. level. Yes, not yet. I think it's coming. Don't worry about it. But at being coming up with a great logo, uh, being known as the Firehawks, I think that's phenomenal. When you can have two organizations that are saying they can't keep them uh, by themselves, they start co-oping, they start combining, and I think Hopkins and Park have done a great job of combining both towns together. So it's been awesome for them. So mid bump to you guys for doing a great job. A true co-operative. Yes. Let's go to the other side of it. Uh, so Peter yeah, came in today angst. a little under the weather, and his came weather. in, his cage was all fogged up, and not just because he's got sinuses, cough, sniffling, but there was another topic that kind of burned his britches and fogged his cage a little bit. Peter, what was that piece that kind of just got you going today? My poor britches are on fire. Uh, I went out to the St. Croix Valley Rec Center last night to take in Matamidi and Rochester Lourdes, that game story uh, with interviews with Matamidi head coach Bill Mauricio and goaltender Lauren Hom are on youthhockeyup.com, shameless plug. But there's been some cosmetic changes at the St. Croix Valley Rec Center. There's a lot of red paint around, a lot of red, even though Stillwater shares the facility with the Matamidi Youth Association. No blue to be found. Even outside the Matamidi varsity locker rooms, there's no blue wall. They couldn't paint one wall blue for Matamidi. The only sign that Matamidi lives there is a blue and gold Zephyr head tacked on a red wall. I'm not okay with that. You could have painted the wall blue. I feel like there should have been some equal representation with the paint. If somebody wants to clarify why there's no blue paint, I don't, I don't know. Find me somewhere. Fine. Well, you can hit a bump on Twitter. You can hit Youth Hockey. I will definitely answer all questions, concerns, or comments. Yeah, hit me on TikTok. TikTok's <laughs> another one, too. I saw a great TikTok video that would just shame it anyway. But, no, Monami and I just came up with that great uh, – I think it was last year, the celebrating 50 years of varsity hockey or ho- high school hockey. It was a great mural. They had a great logo. They had the throwback jerseys. They had the number 50 in there. They had the numbers of all the years that they were in the state tournament within the logo. Great. It was a great, like a mural, but it was like a poster slash, uh, you know, somebody professionally did on the wall just commemorating. It's like they're embracing the entire community. I mean, mind you, they don't have their own ranks, so it's frustrating for them, but <laughs> should be a little love on the on the St. Croix. I know it's not called the Stillwater Rink. No. But. Let's give a little love to the, the Zephyrs, please. All it, all it costs is one can of paint. All it was. All right. Uh, we're getting we're coming up to 
my favorite segment, which is how we get to know Peter a little better. Either <laughs> we know he's having a great day, bad day, or he's got, well, we just found out he's got something in his craw. This, so, is, this is where half the people turn it off. No, no, this is where they turn it up a little louder. All right, so here we go. Three questions, rapid fire to Peter's. Let's you do can it. elongate as much as you want. Let's start with number one. Favorite frozen pizza. Favorite frozen pizza. Yeah. What brand do you like? Uh, a I like the Totino's pizza. party pizzas. They're a dollar. You throw in the microwave for five minutes, let them get nice and melty, throw some flaming Hot Cheetos on one side, flip it over and press it together, put it in the fridge for a few minutes to let it get all nice and gooey, and then it's a pizza Cheeto burrito. I'm standing on the table for my disgusting creation. Yes. All right, number two, uh, what is your go-to cold medicine <laughs> remedy? <laughs> I actually have um, a couple. So I like the, uh, the Alka-Seltzer Severe Cold and Flu Tablets. I throw those in a, a, a lemon-lime Gatorade, and then I put in two packs of lemon-lime Emergency, and I shake it all together, and I drink one of those, and I am on uh, rocket fuel <laughs> for for a couple of hours, and then I crash and burn. But it's a good couple of hours. It's best two hours of the day. I know what I'm doing. I, I guess so. All right, home sweater. Are you more of a yellow home sweater or a white home sweater? I'm more of a whatever home sweater looks coolest. I mean, I I like white sweaters because I think they look super clean, but by the end of the year, they look terrible because they have puck marks and other colors, maybe a Gatorade stain on there. So I'm a fan of whatever looks best, but I'd have to go with white gotcha. as a traditional. I'm a yellow guy. I love yellow home sweaters. JFK does it. Why is that? I used to do it all the time. Prior Lake used Saint to Cloud do it. Cathedral does it Cathedral, too. Cathedral, that's sweet. Those color. are pretty cool. Yellow home just looks amazing. Of course, I kind of grew up a gopher, gopher fan, so I got used to you always wear gold at home. And then they come in the retro white. So I was like, oh, See, I grew, I grew up a Sioux fan, and there's no gold That's why there. we don't get along. Right, there's no gold the last, except for the NCAA championship ever. trophies. <laughs> uh, loser self-promotion. All right, hey, speaking of losing, um, I'm not going to win that battle, but <laughs> I think we've come to the end where I think his NyQuil is finally – or DayQuil started is uh, losing. It's, it's time to hit it up again. I think so. So, hey, I want to thank Peter for his knowledge today, his insight, his tireless coughing, and his research, as well as all the brains that his head somehow got to the microphone. Uh, this is Todd Alk. Thank you for listening to Her Eyes because it's not his it's eyes. It's not his eyes. So take care of yourself and take care of yourself, Peter, because nobody else will. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>